God, how can you treat me like this? I remember saying that as I paced and prayed during my morning, not so quiet time with God. Pacing helped me focus, and the worship music I always play during prayer helps me focus on God's word and on worship. Have you ever found that praying about a problem can quickly degenerate into meditating on all the ins and outs of the problem? I don't remember why I felt some sort of divine abuse directed at me, but I quickly learned during that interaction that when things aren't going our way and we've prayed about it sufficiently, it's time to start asking God what His plan is. For example, a lot of Christians prayed and prophesied in faith that Donald Trump would be re-elected, but clearly God said no. It's in those times that we need to learn to ask Him what He wants instead of focusing on what we want. What's happening in the nation has touched each of us. And each of us has an opinion and a response. Today's Life Journeys podcast focuses on the response that God is asking of us. The reality is this, there is far more surrender to the Lord that is needed, before we will have the essential holiness, that puts authority over the storm back into our lives. Today's message is going to be a long swim, so I'm going to prepare you for what God wants for this nation and more immediately, how he's going to get it. Here's a divine hint. When God told Jeremiah that he was going to send his nation into captivity, the praying, weeping prophet declared, nothing is too hard for God. Unfortunately, we see a lot of people thinking that socialism needs to be stopped in its forward momentum in America. Now, let me first take some time to agree with you on that. Russia used to be called the USSR, or the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. But it was not a republic at all. It was a communist, socialistic state. What I find so crazy about the racist assault in our country is that a bottom line of true critical race theory is that the only way to stop racism in America is to overthrow capitalism and make a socialist state one that is for the people, the collective, and no longer for the individual. They really believe that, and it's why BLM leaders are often Marxists. So I'll take you with me now to a couple of trips to Russia. In the Sheremetyevo International Airport in Moscow, a black man walks up to a couple of Russian businessmen and asks them a question. The men simply respond by saying, Shut up, monkey! Hey, you can't talk to me like that, the black gentleman replies. I said, shut up, monkey. When you travel the streets of Moscow, you will have a hard time finding a black person. On another occasion, our team had the challenge of ministering for five nights in a theater that was a rally point for a local gang. On the last night, I had to stop the meeting and go out in the parking lot to face them. It had been a well-coordinated plan by these men to try to shut us down. One of the gang members got right in the face of one of our three men on the team and simply said, If you were black, I'd find any way I could to kill you right now. That's what decades of socialism can do. And that is the answer to the question of how socialism is absolutely not the answer to racism anywhere on the planet. But God allowed us to have an incredibly hard yet amazing trip. We saw just a little what it must have been like for the first century church. From a group of Armenian gangsters marching into disrupt, if possible, the service in an auditorium in a small community, 
to the police trying to take a couple of our people to jail. We have seen the only right answer when the politics and the personalities of a nation get totally messed up. But it was in this atmosphere that we also saw the most open people to the gospel that we have ever seen in 40 years of ministry. You see, when you get into extreme pressure like that nationally, people start hungering for God. Pressure has a way of opening the souls of men to God. While it admittedly brings out the hardness of heart in those who don't understand that God will use tribulation to bring people back to Him. If you've ever asked God, how could you treat me like this? I'll be frank with you. It's because you need it. Paul told the church in Thessalonica that they already knew that they were appointed to go through affliction. But they needed to keep persevering in faith, for God has a much bigger plan, and nothing is too hard for Him. Ancient Israel shows us a sign of impending judgment. They became a divided nation, not unlike the direction America has gone. Then the prophet Jeremiah told them that they were about to be taken captive to Babylon for a very long time. The other prophets were all saying that victory is just around the corner. So when Jeremiah wrote a book about it and sent it to the king, the leader of that nation read a little of it and then threw it into the fire and Jeremiah wound up in prison. He was accused of being a traitor for telling Israel that if they fought the Babylonian army, it would go very bad for them. They said he was basically a foreign conspirator for not standing against the attack on his country. Why is this happening, God? Because Israel couldn't ask the question, but instead arrogantly stood against the oncoming chaos and overthrow they were facing, Jeremiah said plainly, Here is the word of the Lord. If you fight against them, you won't succeed. It's taken me a long time of seeking the Lord earnestly for well over a year now to realize that while the Y2K alarm that sounded 21 years ago was a hoax, this is not. I've just not been able to get my mind around how to respond to all the corruption, the media bias, the racial chaos, the LGBTQ in your face demands, and so much more. But somehow, as much as we know that sin itself is coming to full fruit, and God is allowing it, our response must not be what Israel's response was. There's a storm on the horizon for America, and you and I have already been impacted by it. But it's not finished by any means. Far too many people still think that upcoming elections will solve our problems. They will not. When the Holy Spirit spoke to me on January 6th, He said, You've seen what men can do. Now, get ready for what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring this nation to its knees. Listen, the answer to prayer is not Donald Trump, democracy, or capitalism. The answer to prayer is going to be the faith to humble ourselves before God, repent, purify our lives, and it's going to include dying to the idea that faith always means we should have health, wealth, and the American dream. God is after souls. He's the loving Father who doesn't want to see anyone go to hell. So there's something I'm going to say after this long swim to the other shore. We do not experience tribulation because we are appointed to wrath. We experience tribulation so that we will not be appointed to the eternal wrath of God. 
it's time Christians started understanding that when we go through times of deep struggle, and when we are in the middle of the storm that the prophet said would never come, but they were false prophets, we need to know God is not against us. This storm doesn't mean that we have been appointed to wrath. The reality is that when we start getting sifted, until we can stand up to the stiff opposition that socialism has caused the world, it is our faith that this sifting is not the wrath of God upon us to destroy us. We've quoted Peter's words for years. The time has come that judgment must begin in the house of the Lord. Well, it's getting really close. I've learned to stop asking the wrong questions such as, when is the rapture going to happen? I've started asking why the tribulation is coming. When isn't what Jesus told us to be concerned about. He told us to answer the question, why is this happening? Scripture is much more clear about that. When asked about when, his answer was simply, watch. Watch for its coming so that you will be ready. Why is this happening? So that people will get ready. The simple context of Jeremiah's word that nothing is too difficult for God is that when tribulation comes upon you and captivity has become your new normal, don't forget, nothing is too hard for God. There's going to be a return. There's going to be a heaven-sent healing of the land. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will listen to you, and you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Why does tribulation come? One sure answer has just been given. You shall seek me with all of your heart, and then you shall find me. There is far more surrender to the Lord that is needed, before we will have the essential holiness, that puts authority over the storm back into our lives.